Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Oh, yeah. Good Tuesday morning. They say the best two words in sports, Game 7. And we got one between the Thunder and the Rockets on the way. Then again, somebody once told me, gentlemen, the best two words in sports are, we win, which probably makes a little bit more sense. That's what the Heat did over the Bucks in a stunner. Then again, is it really a stunner? We're going to get the thoughts of... Keyshawn and Jay Will this morning. It's Keyshawn Jay Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, which today will include the head coach of the New York Giants, Joe Judge, who will be here at 7.30 a.m. Eastern. If you're watching us on ESPN News this morning, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that over the left shoulder of Jay Will, I saw Charles Barkley do it last night on yep. Turner. You've rocking it. The towel, and uh, this is not for Jerry Tarkanian. This is for... The late, great John Thompson, who always had a towel, usually slung over the right or left shoulder. You're going left this morning, paying a little homage for those of you watching on television and those for you listening on the radio. Just wanted to mention that you are paying your respects. Yes, 1,000%. And also talk about paying respect. Mm-hmm. It's about time that the both of you pay me some respect. Keyshawn, I'm going to come to you in a little bit later. But Zubin, uh, I, I did bring Uh-oh. this thing that we have what in the black have? community called a wave cap. What are you a wave cap? <laughs> a wave cap. I'm opening it right now. I know Man, you guys you can't see this. get a wave this. cap? Oh, I got a wave cap from the local bodega right down the street. And uh, it's a red wave cap, which okay. is going to be even better. To, so I'm going to unplug right now. Uh, Keyshawn, can you just explain what I'm doing in live time no, for people? Thank you. What is a wave ready? cap? Can it's, you, can it's you? Gonna, go he's going to put it on your hair. Okay. And it's and, and you right. usually lay it down, go to sleep, and it's going to bring waves into it. So you go, oh, no, I don't even like the way that look. My, my street cred right now is off the charts. This is going to be unbelievable for me. Here we well, go. Well, this is like 1985. <laughs> and then eventually you'll probably get waves in parts where you have hair. Okay. okay? So we're and on the air four hours. Do I keep this on the whole time? Yeah, You're going to have to have show. it on the whole time. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. There you go. All right. All right. You got to take the ear out and make sure. Okay. Everything's yeah, good. Yeah, that's, yep. There you go. Nice okay. and tight. Boom. Ah. You'll never lose another bet. <laughs> That's for sure. Or I won't be dumb enough to make one because the stakes have been a little too high. Just trying to tell you, and you, we're paying the price. You look like yeah, you look Ali G right now. <laughs> this is incredible for people to see. You can't see it, but he's wearing a red wave cap, keeping the hair pressed down Where to get the waves. Where did you find that at? Oh, the, right, the local bodega right down the street, baby. Oh, okay. We got to get man. this up on the Twitter feed, right? Somebody's got to take a picture of the commercial. Break. I don't even think we wore wave caps anymore. <laughs> How about this? He's wearing his sweater. He's wearing the, the sweater vest <laughs> with the wave cap. And the collar shirt pop underneath. Okay, let's get back to sports. I'm Appealing sorry. to all demos. I'm just sitting here, just my body. Everybody come on in. Everybody come on in. All right, so the bottom line is, you see you guys can take me seriously for the next four hours here, but do your best here. Um, bottom line, Chris Paul, I mean, the dude is 35 years old. He turned back the clock in a way with his performance, with 15 in the fourth, the way that he is playing right now, a never-say-die attitude, Jay. Uh, this is a remarkable story. Both he and Billy Donovan, not much was thought for this team coming into the season, but what they have been able to do merits some real consideration, and you never know here, maybe Keys, Lakers, and the Rockets, it was a fait accompli, right? Harden, LeBron, second round, let's move on, let's do it. I got to be honest, I just, see your, I just see your mouth moving right now, and I just see the red wave cap. <laughs> But, but before we get to CP3, can I say this about Russell Westbrook? Yes. Last night was Russell Westbrook's best playoff game for the OKC Thunder in years. Ouch. 
Ouch. In years. Ouch. In years. Seven turnovers in the game. game. Houston had 22 turnovers. I'm not saying I expect him to play like that in game seven. But for him to not give the ball for this team, for Mike D'Antoni to not give the ball to James Harden, the last three possessions of the ball game, Houston, what are we doing? What are we doing? It's he's been your bread and butter the whole season. Now I know Russ has, you know, came in and out and done his thing, but Russ has been out for the last playoff series pretty much until the last two games. Russ James Harden needs the ball. Give him the ball. It's that simple, Key. But is it is it that D'Antoni didn't design that, or is it that Westbrook decided to just do the Westbrook thing, which is you got two, first of all, you got two ball dominant guys right mm-hmm. there. And, you know, we talked about this the other day when we were having conversations about another player joining them. And I said, you already got two guys that need to take shots. And it's not like he deferring to Harden at all. I mean, that's just who Westbrook is. It, it, that's who he is, though, Jay Will. I, I mean, understand. I understand that's who Westbrook is. But if I might be Tony. But you got to trust. You got to trust if you Mike D'Antoni. I'm going to allow Westbrook to take as many shots as he can because he's going to no, no, my, within not, my system. Not after you've been out for two and a half weeks. No, not, not in the game six. No. Well, and Hey, by the way, well, this might gonna, be who Russell Westbrook what you, is. What are you going to tell Westbrook? He can't shoot. Uh, excuse me. Can you give the ball to James Harden or excuse how would me, that time go? out? How is that going to go? go? How it's going to go? No. Why? Because I'm the head coach, damn it. Guess, it's my job to make sure that I put the ball in the hands of the person that can win me a game, the game six, to not let us go to a game seven against an underdog team that we should have beat a long time but ago. But how did that relationship work with CP3 in Harden a year ago when we kept saying to ourselves, these two are not going to be able to coexist because one dude is going to dribble, 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 shoot the other dude sitting there waiting. And when he gets his opportunity to get the ball in his hands, he's going to ignore dribble, dribble, dribble. But Keith, just because Russell Westbrook is this way doesn't mean that as a head coach, I have to allow him to be this way at that particular moment, right? So yeah, be yourself throughout the whole game. But if I see things aren't going in your favor, if I see you're turning the ball over at a high rate, when it comes down in the clutch moment, I have, I have a decision to make. Do I let you continue to do that? Or do I say, hey, look, I know you you can do your thing, but right now we need to put I need to design a play. I don't even need to say it to you, Key. I can design a play during a timeout and say this play is designed for James Harden. James, I need you to cook right now down the stretch. You can say that to James. You, He'll get it. But you must understand the pulse of your team and know your personnel as a coach that there's certain players you can have that conversation with. And there's certain players that you may not have, want to have that conversation with. And Westbrook is one of those guys that you may not want to have that conversation with. Aha. Uh-huh. So now we're <laughs> digging to the real point. Does Mike D'Antoni really know the pulse of his team? Does he know what the pulse of his team should be at that particular moment? That's a question that we really need to be asking ourselves. Because if I was a head coach, and I'm not saying I'm Mike D'Antoni, but as a fan watching the game, Knowing the way James Harden, who had 32 points last night, who shot 50% from the floor, seeing the way the momentum of the game, seeing in which way it was going, watching Russell Westbrook play, I'm thinking to myself as a fan, what are we doing? We have to put the ball in the hands of James Harden. I understand that Russ may have a history of doing this thing and cooking, but also understanding the fact that he has not played in two-plus weeks, coming off that injury, seeing the way the game is being played. 
I don't want the ball in his hands. And I have to be strong enough as a head coach to say, hey, Russ, well, you don't this want the, ain't it right now. But if you don't want the ball in his hands, then that's your job as a head coach to go to James Harden and make sure that the players put the ball in Harden's hand and Harden doesn't give it back. Thank you. You know. Thank you. That's but Harden what has to – he has to want to get it. That's he true, too. He can't just stand there and allow Brooke to do his thing. But, see, I, I think sometimes – But I'm all – but, see, I'm – I mean, I know, it's a game, I know it's a game six – and all that, but I just, you know, I'm a letting shoot. That's just me. I, I like him, even though, you know, yeah. his shooting percentage, field goal percentage is kind of down. Zuba, I still just like him. Get this man off radio. What was the name of the book, the book he wrote? <laughs> you going to tell me that now, Keisha, I'm going to sit back and say, I'm oh, just going to let him shoot. No, 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 no. If, if, we're not talking about me. Because if it was me. I'm like Westbrook. You're gonna give me the damn ball. If there is no other option, see, that's the part of the problem. There is no other <laughs> option. That's part of the problem. It's cool. There's no other option. That's part of the problem. A little bit. You have James Harden, who at times is a little bit passive aggressive and doesn't say, "Give me the damn ball." Oh, see, if I'm Harden, though, and I'm knocking down 32, and I know I could dribble, 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 and back step and bam, and do all that, I'm not even thinking about Westbrook. I'm gonna go get the ball. Wherever I need to get it, I'm walking over. Whoever's inbound, give, give it to me. And I'm waving him off, and I'm going to do my thing. I, that's if I was him. But like you said, he's kind of passive-aggressive in this situation. He's not looking to agitate. He's looking to kind of just be part of the solution. But that goes back to the – that's why Mike D'Antoni didn't get a contract extension. And I know the story is going to be about Russell Westbrook having seven turnovers and how come the ball wasn't in the hands of James Harden? How come James Harden wasn't more demonstrative and didn't say, give me the damn ball? But at the end of the day, you need a head coach who has How the you, man? to say to his two best players, right now, I need the ball. Like If I'm saying it to LeBron and AD, right? Hey, I'm sorry. I need the ball in the hands of LeBron James. I need Mike D'Antoni at that juncture of the game to say, hey, Brody, I love you. You are my homie, but the ball needs to be in the hands of James Harden. It comes down to coaching and the stretch. It, it does, but I, maybe that's just not the coach's personality, right, Z? Yeah, no question. Speaking of D'Antoni, Game 7 could be his final game coaching the Houston Rockets. The Indiana Pacers are apparently interested really quick. According to the Elias Sports Bureau, Jay touched on this earlier, uh, tongue-in-cheek with the MVP reference, Russell Westbrook's 3.97 turnovers per game in the postseason, nearly four a game when it counts the most the most of any player since turnovers were tracked, guys, uh. 50 years ago. Stats Incredible brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. Uh, for the purposes of equal time, we are a red-blue country, so halfway through the show, I'm going to need a blue wave cap. <laughs> if you're a Houston Rockets fan right now, I'm wearing the red. we got the Thunder Blue. Yes. Democrat, are, Republican. Are, 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 can you see yourself on a monitor? <laughs> I'm looking at myself. You look right. incredible. <laughs> you look incredible. Chishon, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. A to Z brought to you by Redbox. Little Red on my dome, we'll talk about that in a second. Redbox is something for everyone, along with the <laughs> new comedy that can't be missed, Rent the King of Staten Island, starring Pete Davidson and directed by the prolific Judd Apatow. Visit redbox.com for all the ways uh, to watch. As a guy that spent more time on ESPN News than anybody in recorded history, thank goodness we're on ESPN News today. Because I don't know if I, uh, this on ESPN or ESPN2. Let's try to limit the embarrassment as much. Hey, the red do-rag is working for you, brother. <laughs> Lean into it. And again, November 3rd, blue do-rag, 8 a.m. Eastern time to match the sweater. See, for the first time, the sweater actually working Don't out. worry, Keys is coming on Friday. It's going to be... Glorious. Let's roll with tennis. The best American story at the U.S. Open is already done. Ugh. Coco Goff's been eliminated in the first round. Anastasia Sevastova beat the 16-year-old American 6357-64J, handing Goff her earliest exit in a Grand Slam in her very young career. She's played in four Grand Slams. She's used to going deep, being the darling, but this time she is done. You know, it's got to be tough to have no fans there, that energy at the Open or tennis matches in general. I've been at some of them, and that gets these individual players playing at a high level so it had to be tough especially in new york that's the one tennis event they always say the energy is broad even though it can be somewhat of a stayed sport the padres are anything but stayed at the trade deadline they stole it five deals since saturday they picked up the indian starter mike clevenger in an eight-player deal the other day they had engineered a seven-player deal pods haven't been to the playoffs in 14 years they have the second best record in the national league behind your dodgers unbelievable when Manny Machado signed there a couple years ago. People felt like the Padres were just spending money for no reason at all. Here we are, fast forward. They're right in the heat of things. Right, and you add Tatis to the mix, right? They got a nice young future Machado. Austin Nolan's playing extremely well. Look, this team is loaded up to try to win it now. Why not, right? In an atypical year, never know. Please beat the Dodgers. It'll be incredible for the show. Key, you second that? Move along. (laughs) Okay, the Washington football team's investigation into an alleged sexual assault allegation will now be overseen by the National Football League. It had been overseen by the team itself. Dan Snyder had hired his own attorney, Beth Wilkinson, to look into the matter. But a lot of people thought that was strange, that the team would conduct its own internal investigation. Obviously, you're never going to get harsh results if that's the case. Well, they're going to do their internal investigation along with the NFL as well. I mean, I I expected that to happen. It's just that the NFL is coming later on in allowing Washington to do whatever they needed to do in their probe beforehand. I'll go ahead and say it because I'm not inside football circles. I wouldn't trust in hell for the Washington football team to have their no, own internal investigation. That wasn't going to be the only investigation. I would, I would not trust it one bit considering mm-hmm. the history that they have at that franchise. I'm happy that the NFL has taken a stance to do an independent investigation, and I felt like Dan Snyder had no choice but to say that's okay. Yeah, I'm not really sure why they yeah, gave him the, the opportunity in the first place. Yeah, exactly. they just, they, well, I, I would think the team as well as the NFL both want to have an investigation. That That's just – I would think that's normal, right? Yeah. That the organization says we want to investigate along with the league. Yes, be as complete as possible. The stakes here are gigantic. Commissioner Roger Goodell did tell Snyder last night that they were essentially taking over the investigation. <laughs> well, I guess he'll be selling soon, huh? Yes, he will, most likely.
So how far can the Miami Heat go down here? We can win this. You think you can win the whole thing? Yes. Yes. You know you're not favored to. I don't give a damn. Think for myself. I don't give a damn what anybody says. And I, I think I can speak for my teammates when I say they don't give a damn either. Nobody thought we would do it, but hey, we're here. Down in Miami. Hey. Hey. Just Jimmy Butler there. Jay's fired up. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. One quick thought here on Jimmy Butler, but the real conversation, of course, is the Bucks again struggling. Uh, Jimmy Butler, everybody thinks Miami, the glitz, the glamour, Ocean Drive, Biscayne Boulevard. I saw an interview earlier this week with Jimmy Butler that said the Miami Heat key one of the most grinded out organizations led by Riley. He's a grinded out, take no, you know what, no BS with him. It's actually a perfect, perfect fit. It's not the sleek Miami everybody thinks about on the surface. This is a down and dirty organization. He's a roll up your sleeves type player. This is a perfect marriage, honestly. It is. I I don't know why people just think because it's Miami, it's glitz and glamour, it's fun that you go there for vacation you know, 365 days out of the year. That's not true. You're an athlete. You have a job to do. Coach Riley knows what it is to get a job done. And you think about Shaq and D-Wade, you think about LeBron, the big three down there winning championships. And and Jimmy Butler's interesting because Philadelphia kind of let that one get out, the, get out the door, right? Now Miami is the beneficiary in terms of having his skill set, having his leadership, that dog mentality that he has that he brings with him down there now – they're one up on the Bucks, where the Bucks is kind of trying to figure out what type of team they are. Who's our second guy? Who's our third guy? Because Giannis can't do it by himself. There's no way in hell because he doesn't have that mentality that Butler has. Butler has a dog mentality. I mean, he has that just give me the damn ball. I'm going to go for 40, period. I'm going to put this on my back and get it done. Let's link Giannis and Jimmy Butler after the game. Great game. Giannis was asked this about the final frantic seconds. Uh, two questions about the defense. First, did you ask Bud to take Jimmy late? Uh, to guard him? Yeah. No, I didn't. Why would you ask that? Is that something you want to do going forward? No, I'll do whatever coach tells me to do. Straight talk, Wait. wireless, no contract, no compromise now. The Giannis side, Jay. Why would I ask that? Because you're defensive player of the year. Have you seen yourself on the court? Your go-go gadget arms, you're incredibly fast. You can block shots from crazy distances. Jimmy Butler is lighting you guys up down the stretch. I mean, that, that shot he just took, you guys can't see it because you, you listen to us on radio. It was a one-on-two situation. Yeah, we're going to ask you those questions because you haven't won a championship yet. And in order to win a championship against a team that has a leading dog like Jimmy Butler, we need you to guard him down the stretch. Let me ask you this, though, Jay. I know he's bigger than Jimmy, right? And he can move and he's long and he, you know, makes you alter your shot, things of that nature. But can he really guard him half court? Like, can he? Yeah. Can he do that? No, why? Because I can play five feet off you because of my wingspan, and I can contest your shot late because I have a further wingspan than you. I can block your shot, but I also can play off of you so you can't beat me or go around me. And we can double-team you on screens. I mean, it's hard to double-team Miami on screens just because they have so many three-point shooters on the court. But at the end of the game, though, this goes back to what we saw, I think it was game five or game six in the – it was game five in – 
the Clippers versus the Mavericks. Remember that little brush screen we talked about mm-hmm. where Kawhi was guarding Luka Doncic? Yes. No, we don't want to see you pass up the opportunity to guard the other team's best player. Don't pass color. When you're known, yeah, exactly. When you're known to be a defensive stopper. No, Giannis, we want to see you guard Jimmy Butler down the stretch because you are a defensive player of the year. Mm. What's wrong with Giannis? If anything, we'll talk about it with Mark Jackson, ESPN NBA analyst, coming up on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. He will join us at 810 a.m. Eastern. What is certainly wrong is the response to that question, to let that get under his skin. Come on, man. You're possibly going to be the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year with the number one seed in the East. Just brush it off to be that upset by a reporter's question when you probably were in the wrong does say something. Still to come, we're talking football. Yes, we're talking football. Why one team in the NFL is consistently and forever getting knocked for a mistake that nine other teams made, but all of those teams are skating. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Let's go right to the Shell Pennzoil performance line and bring in ESPN Chicago Bears reporter Jeff Dickerson. He joins us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. First things first, Jeff, yesterday Matt Nagy said he was going to roll back on the whole I'm not going to name my starter till 1 p.m. Eastern against Detroit on the first day of the season. Instead, we'll know it around this time next week. Your thoughts on how Mitchell Trubisky has looked and how Nick Foles has looked in the most intriguing starting quarterback competition in football right now, I think. Yeah, Zubin, guys, I mean, I think both have looked rather average. I mean, we have only had a chance to watch, I think it was nine padded practices, and now everything is closed for us as far as practice goes, really, until the end of 2020. That's how things are going to get shut down now for media across the NFL, except for watching 10 minutes of stretching per day, which you learn really nothing from. I would say there were some good days from Trubisky, some good days for Foles, but nothing that really jumped off the charts. Now, guys, I want to preface this by saying that I have covered some bad quarterback derbies in my day. I mean, when Mike Glennon came to Chicago and had the training camp that he had a couple of years ago, the year they drafted Trubisky, you knew it was only a matter of time before he lost his job and the rookie was going to go in there. So it, it wasn't at that level by any means, 
But I think both guys were were not super consistent. There were mistakes. And specifically with Trubisky, he would have some drills where, I mean, he looked sharp. And he was, you could tell he was on. And the ball was coming out quick. And they were moving the football. And then, you know, one period later, it was kind of a different story where the passes were not going to be as accurate. He was turning the ball over. They got bogged down in the red zone. So I think a reason why Matt Nagy is going to take this until as late as he can, you know, early next week is because I don't think either of these two guys, from what we have seen, has really stepped forward and said, I deserve to be the starting quarterback this year for the Chicago Bears. Let me ask you this, Jeff. When does the responsibility finally go to the head coach, a guy who's brought in, supposed to be an offensive innovator, a great quarterback guru? When does that start to point toward him not getting the most out of the offense and the quarterbacks? Keyshawn, very fair question. I'll, I'll tell you this too. When the Bears were good under Matt Nagy, his first year when they won 12 and four and they lost because of the double doink, you know, to the Eagles in the playoffs with their old kicker, Cody Parkey, the offense wasn't very good that year either. That was the Bears defense yes. that really led them to that division championship. And last year, I mean, the wheels fell off. They couldn't do anything on offense. They couldn't run the football. The offensive line struggled. Now they had a lot of injuries. Their tight end position was abysmal. I think this is the year that absolutely, I mean, the honeymoon is over for Matt Nagy. He's well-liked in Chicago. They've won a good amount of games under him, but he was brought here because of that Andy Reid tree and because of that offense. And we haven't seen any production yet. Now, the quarterback thing is going to have to play itself out. They suffered an injury at running back with David Montgomery last week. That was unfortunate, a groin injury. He's going to miss a little bit of time. They were counting on a big year from him in year number two. They did revamp their tight end position. Guys, I'm telling you, for as sort of average as the quarterbacks have looked this camp, Jimmy Graham has looked pretty good. Now, I know that there are people that thought he was done in Green Bay last year. Mm-hmm. He looks, he's looked pretty good. They drafted the kid out of Notre Dame, Cole Komet, in the second round. Demetrius Harris is a big veteran they brought in. They've really changed up tight end where that could theoretically go from a real weakness to a strength. They've got Allen Robinson. Anthony Miller is a former high draft pick. They signed Ted Ginn. So I think they do have some weapons. If the quarterback play improves a little bit, they could get better. But ultimately, I think the buck does stop with Matt Nagy this year because, again, he was brought in here for offense, and thus far the offense is really underwhelmed. J.D., you've been so outspoken about this whole situation in Chicago. Are either of these quarterbacks the solution long-term? Jay, I, I, can't, I can't say yes. I mean, first of all, let's think about Trubisky. If Trubisky was the long-term guy and they felt that in their heart of hearts, do they go out and trade for Nick Foles? Do, do they decline his fifth-year option? You know, Trubisky has become a very controversial pick, of course, because what do the Bears do? We all know they, they pass on Patrick Mahomes. They pass on Deshaun Watson. If there was any way the front office could have justified an extension for Mitchell Trubisky, they would have done that in a heartbeat. They want to save face, but he hasn't shown them enough where, he, where they can do that. So I think his, his Bears career is very you know tedious right now. And then Nick Foles, I think he's just, you know, he's a journeyman. He's had some, some good moments. He's had some bad moments. But as far as being a long-term guy at his age, that's probably not happening either. Mm. Good question. And obviously all this swirling around general manager Ryan Pace, who made that Trubisky decision. So you kind of know who he's rooting for just to save some personal face. Bears, Lions. Will it be Trubisky? Will it be Foles to run out there to face Matt Stafford? It's a juicy story. We'll know the answer by around this time next week. Jeff, really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us this morning. 
Thank you, guys. Take care. So the one thing Jeff actually hit on there is what we're going to talk about right now, because I think anytime you talk about Mitch Trubisky, guys, you have to literally talk about the situation, drafting him second with the Bears moving up, right, giving up a haul to move up to the two spot. And then you kind of take a look at all of the other teams that had the opportunity to perhaps grab a Patrick Mahomes, who the Chiefs obviously traded up for, or to grab a Deshaun Watson, who the Texans traded up to move up to position to get. Then you're in a situation when you look at it and say, all right, well, yeah, sure, the Bears took Mitch Trubisky at two, but the 49ers took Solomon Thomas at three. Has not turned out to be a great pick. Leonard Fournette at four, who was released by the Jaguars yesterday. Corey Davis, which is absolutely one of the biggest all-time wide receiver busts we've seen. I know you're a wide receiver. but no, that- I, didn't, I, didn't, I just laughed. I'm like, you called the dude a bust, but go ahead. Yeah, I get angry that- when people call people okay. busts like that. Let, I mean, let's just say— um, still got to I'm less than one percent of the world. I'm not, okay. I'm not angry, no doubt. I just laugh. That's okay. all. <laughs> I would just say when he played at Western Michigan, there was a lot of people that doubted, even though he was on that great P.J. Fleck Western Michigan team. A lot yeah. of people doubted whether he would be great Thank you. You're talking in to two, two sensitive athletes right now. Gotcha. No problem. But he has not turned out to be the player that many people thought, uh, and I think a lot of people have been proven correct on yeah. Corey Davis. Obviously, Jamal Adams has been moved to Seattle. Can't really question that. Uh, the Jets, obviously, they're still looking for their quarterback. They hope it's Darnold. Mike Williams with the Chargers, who's been great at seven, although he's been banged up. It's really hard to argue with Christian McCaffrey at eight. John Ross was hurt out of the gate with the Bengals. So I just ran through a litany of teams that absolutely could have used Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson and didn't really get any sort of blowback for not drafting them. Yet the Bears are absolutely taking the brunt of it. Do you think some of the other teams should shoulder the blame and why is it all on Chicago all the time? No, I don't think so. I think when you look at it, in, in knowing the NFL and understanding certain general managers and head coaches' philosophies, when you look at the 49ers, they get Jimmy Garoppolo a year later. But you got to know the general manager. You got to know his thought processes. We build on defense, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. John Lynch. This John Lynch I'm talking about. Defense, Warren Sapp, Johnny Lynch, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, Brian Kelly, defense. So I get passing up a quarterback, and getting some draft picks to build on. Then you look at Leonard Fournette, Jacksonville. You say, well, they have Blake Bortles, Tom Coughlin. Run the ball, play defense with a top five defense, and win football games doing that and allow my quarterback basically to be somewhat of an Eli Manning type. Uh, So when you start to look at those teams, you say, well, the Jets could have used a quarterback. Defensive-minded coach. Uh, 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 Ty Bowles, Bowles. what does he want? He wants defensive players. He goes and gets Jamal Adams. So as you start to look at the situation, the Chargers didn't need a quarterback, right? Right. They they needed a big receiver to go with a guy at the time in Phillip Rivers that was playing pretty good football. Mike Williams at seven. Mike Williams at seven. So when you start to look at it, Jay, you kind of got to understand the philosophy of the organizations in the direction that they want to head in. That whole diatribe sounds really, really good. No, I'm just it's but facts. Can, can I ask you something though? As, as a fan, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, organizations and tactics and strategies. When you look at it on paper, yes, yeah, yeah, it was all these organizations deserve fault to a degree. It's Patrick Mahomes, and I, I can also say that it turned out to be Patrick Mahomes. I, I hear you, but I mean that's you, you and I. We talk about this all the time on the show about how do you evaluate talent. You know, all these different scouts that are out there, we're saying that this might be one of the most challenging years to evaluate talent. And you always go, either you can see it or you can't, or you can't see it. it. So my thing is, I'm taking that same thing that you just said and making that applicable to Mahomes. 
Some teams saw it. And they got it right. So how do we not spread the blame to everybody? Well, and you, I know that we have systems, but still, even if you have systems, don't you take the best available player and then figure it out once you have the best available player? Not not if you're trying to build an organization. In in order to take a guy like Patrick Mahomes that on your board, you have Patrick Mahomes rated down the board or Deshaun Watson down the board when you have other players at a higher priority. So when you say best available, I may have – Jay Will as the best available, but I might have Zubin as my highest rated, and he's there. Well, I, like on the taking. I like that. You know, it's <laughs> I've never been in a position. You've never like been that. the highest rated in that yeah, position. I've always been an undrafted free agent. I just <laughs> so when you look at it, can I ask you a question? Yes. Uh, what would you have done? Keyshawn Johnson was running the team. Say you had the evaluation of Patrick Mahomes. Say you saw the talent there. He maybe wasn't the position that you necessarily needed, but you saw the talent. Do you take the position or it? Or do you take a guy like Patrick Mahomes? It depends on what I got. It depends on what I got. Like, if, if you're telling me I got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and I'm sitting there at nine and I got Aaron Rodgers, then I'm probably sitting tight. Zubin, give me some other teams. I, can you, you, can you we put the gotta, list back up there of the teams? You got to tell me my – you got to give me the I, I'm context gonna, of I'm, I'm going to wait for our team, our production team, to put the list up on the TV so I can see it because I don't have that whole draft to remember, uh, memorize. Yeah. But if you can see it, I'm curious about what teams that we can go through. Like if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, for instance. Okay. Who were ninth. Uh, who were who ninth. ninth. I know Andy Dalton is not going to take me to the promised land. At nine – I'm trying to figure out how to get Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so Because I already know what Andy Dalton is. All right, I already know that. Give me some blame for Cincinnati. Who was at eight? Uh, eight Zubin? was the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey. Hard to argue that. Hard, and, I, and I got and I got. You got Cam Cam, Newton. Okay. I don't need that Seven. quarterback. Seven, Mike Williams. Key had the Phillip Rivers. It. I got Phillip Rivers. I don't need him. Okay. Six. Six, Jamal Adams, obviously now in the Seahawks. Drafted okay. by but, I'm a, but I'm a defensive-minded coach. I don't value quarterbacks. I play defense. I run the ball, and I kick field goals. Okay. That's what but I do. Five. And I get fired because of that. Five my, is my Tennessee. My man, Corey Davis. My All man, Corey Davis. So, Tennessee, yes. <laughs> Tennessee had who at QB? That's a great Marcus question. Marcus Mariota. Oh, they had just got Mariota. Yeah, they had oh, made a right. decision on Marcus. And they at the drafted time. him just the year earlier. Yeah, they drafted him a year earlier. Number so, two overall pick. Yeah. You can't give up. Yeah, on you're not give giving up, on that. up that fast. No, no, not at all. All right, Jack. The Jag has Fournette, and and Tom Coughlin builds a certain team a certain way, which you can't argue with. They were in the AFC Championship game a year later. They extended Blake Bortles his contract, so you can't argue with that. Play defense with the top five defense, a stud running back that is like at the time was a can't miss guy. Okay, three. Solomon Thomas, uh, Key did qualify. They eventually did get Jimmy Garoppolo. Thomas also has not fulfilled his potential. Can I say that properly? Yes, yes, okay. yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Z. <laughs> All and, right, so and that's so, the team. But, but the mentality of John Lynch was building defense with Buckner and Solomon. And you just you look at Bosa and that, that's what he wanted to do. That's fine. Was build a defense. It's still a miss though, correct? It, That's it, why you're telling me they're building the defense, but for that, it, knowing it's not what a it, miss. Hold on, Key. Knowing what it is now, that's a miss. It's right? not a miss based on how he wanted to build the team. Come on, man. That's a miss. No, it can't be right, Z, if that's how I want to build my team. But think about it. The 49ers are massively struggling. Bill Belichick wanted to move Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, because Tom Brady had won the battle of attrition between Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick. Kraft was going to side with Brady. The 49ers were going nowhere. It was about halfway through the season. They had almost yet to win a game. They knew Garoppolo was going to be there. So you're saying you would have taken Corey Thomas. That's what you're trying to tell me right now. No, you mean uh, Salman Yeah, because eventually I think they were in the the market to get Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just talking to you all as a fan right now. And, 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 Coach, he was classmates 
of John Lynch at Stanford. So I had a relationship. Okay. And, and I kind of knew. So it's a little bit. It's now quickly, So you're telling me that the only teams that deserve blame are Cincinnati. And the, it, it, out of me, the top ten, it's just me, one team. To me, Cincinnati, yeah. I would have taken, in, instead of John Ross, I certainly would have taken a quarterback in that spot. And the Bears. Uh, okay. The Bears, I wouldn't have moved up for Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky played one year in North Carolina, man. And he wasn't even, like, lights out. Two things real quick, guys. Number one, Key did say that they were classmates, which is true. Solomon Thomas and John Lynch were taking, like, graduate yeah. business courses yes. together. So they were actually able to form a relationship. That's yeah. interesting. The other thing I want to quickly say, you could make a real argument to both of you that the predecessor for Mitchell Trubisky was a guy named Marquise Williams. You could make an argument he was better than Mitch Trubisky. He had no opportunity in the NFL, totally understanding that the college and the pro game are different things. Ken Dorsey was amazing at Miami, not so great in the pros. But it was very interesting to note that even the predecessor for Mitch Trubisky, far better statistically, had no opportunity in the NFL, and Trubisky is the second overall pick. Yeah, when, when, and you know when you get off the bus... It looks different. It looks different. They look, when yeah. you get off the yeah. bus, Mitch Trubisky gets off the bus. He stands tall in the pocket. He looks great. He shakes the hands. He the looks at the eyes. Jaw, the chiseled yeah. jaw. He's, right. And he looks, he's got the nice hair a cut off. big quarterback. The big, strong pocket presence. But at the time, you also had to understand who was drafting. Coach Fox, Matt Nagy didn't draft Mitch Trubisky. John Fox. It was John Fox. Got to think who he is. So defense. manager quarterback, play defense, run the football. He wasn't looking for wide-open quarterback to throw the ball all over the place. That's why I don't understand why they would take a guy at two when that's not John Fox's position. He just – I don't know why they would do that. So look into the Keyshawn crystal ball mm-hmm. a year from now. It doesn't look like Mitchell Trubisky is going to be around, especially well, if he doesn't perform, t- right? I mean, his QBR was second to last last year. I mean, I think it was 28th in the league. Yeah, typically Jay – What would- kind of improvement do you need to see from him this year from a QBR perspective in order for you to say – Hey, look, this is my solidified opinion that we're going to keep him. We're going to move forward with this relationship. Man, he's going to have to go to the Super Bowl. So that's it. You don't go to the Super Bowl. Bye-bye. Because, because they didn't – not necessarily. He could, have a, he could have a Ryan Tannehill rebirth-type season. I don't know that it will happen. Mm-hmm. Because typically when they don't pick up your fifth-year option, that's basically, like Jeff said, that's basically saying bye-bye. When you, when they, you don't get the fifth-year option, it's kind of like we cutting bait on you. And then they went out and got Nick Foles – which means that serviceable backup. The, yeah, it's like three guys are probably not going to be there next year if I'm knocking on wood. That would be Matt Nagy and both quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles probably will not be wearing a Chicago Bear uniform in 2021. I'll tell you that. If that's the case, you can make it four. General Manager Ryan Pace might go as well because mm-hmm. he drafted Trubisky and essentially he's been working in concert. Well, he he can lie and say, well, it wasn't me. It was John Fox. Right. I got to get get another coach in here. Keyshawn J. Wills, you've been brought to you by Goodyear. Goodyear knows why we all love basketball. It's diving for the loose ball. It's jumping for a block shot. It's driving the lane and rising up for a dunk. We love basketball because we love to move. What moves you? Goodyear, more driven. Speaking of basketball, we'll talk to Mark Jackson on the Shell Pennzoil performance line at 810 a.m. Eastern. So let me ask you this, Key, because you watch a lot of college football. And this is important to note. Um, Look. It's not like Patrick Mahomes with Carson Wentz or this young kid, Trey Lance, in North Dakota State. There's no tape. We got to go out to Fargo to watch him. Joe Flacco played at Delaware. Who could have seen Joe Flacco coming? The dude was playing in the Big 12. He was playing Texas. He was playing Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. They're on TV 
all the time. I get it. Cliff Kingsbury, who the coach there at the time, five and seven, terrible defense. Mahomes is thrown for a million yards because they're always behind. I, I get all that stuff. But the fact of the matter is that Andy Reid and Brett Veach, who both got handsomely rewarded with contract extensions yesterday, Veach is the Chiefs general manager, by the way, just 42 years old. You want to talk well, about he's the GM, but Andy, Andy Reid is actually the GM. Right. <laughs> Correct. He's making the calls. But to me, Mahomes is out there for anyone to see. Right. I mean, he was there hiding in plain sight. If you look at the stats, they were there. Why do you think so many teams missed on him when he was easy to watch every single Saturday in a power five league? Well, it's not it's not that teams missed. It's not that they missed. Okay, it's it's where they're drafting, what their needs are and what's the value at that time. Right. So as he pushed down, teams started to Kansas City said, you know what? And boom, they go up right. because they saw the value at that spot. Now, you're talking about Andy Reid, who is a real quarterback guru, not this so-called quarterback expert. He could take me and you right now and turn us into something special as, at, at the NFL level. I truly believe that because his body of work speaks. Mm-hmm. And you've seen it year in and year out, If you whether it's – Ty Detmer, Corey Detmer, A.J. Feely, uh, a rebirth of Michael Vick. I mean, it's just you you could see it, it, who he is as a quarterback expert and offensive coordinator. When you look at the offense at Texas Tech, for so many years, the air raid quarterback system has been suspect for guys moving on to the pro level. And so when you go to evaluate those guys, you've got to know what you're looking for them to do. Now, mind you, he sat behind Alex Smith to learn the NFL game with Andy Reid and, and Matt Nagy along with Eric Bieniemy, And so at, over time, you got to think that he's going to develop. They saw it. They pulled the trigger and made the decision that Alex Smith was no longer for them. And the, the MVP Super Bowl guy in Patrick Mahomes was going to be their quarterback of the future. So therefore, he's a $500 million guy now. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. At the top of the hour, top of mind, would Giannis actually leave Milwaukee? That's next. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.